before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is People talking, you know, I'm starting to read there. Lost my, lost my place. <laughs> Say to the Lord among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the nations, let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. For they will sing before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faith. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Thanksgiving. And we have certainly, according to the psalm here this morning and according to the whole counsel of God, a lot to be thankful for. I don't know if you heard it or not growing up, but I know I did. I heard it many times. I know I can hear my mom's voice now saying to me, make sure you say thank you. Make sure you say thank you. You go to the store, you go to a, a shop somewhere, or someone gives you something, make sure you, you say thank you. Or I also heard many times, my son, you should be grateful. <laughs> you should be grateful. You should be grateful. Sometimes you complain about things. Anybody ever complain? No one ever complained. No Thanksgiving morning. No complainers. We heard the words, we should be grateful. And we know this morning we should be grateful. And we know we, we should say thank you. And as, as adults this morning, all of us, and certainly as children too, every one of us this morning, understand that an attitude of gratitude is very, very significant. As we navigate through this world and all the difficulties that come our way and inevitably will knock on our door, having an attitude of gratitude is very important. It, it, we should make it a daily, a daily part of our lives, and we need to incorporate it into our everyday function. Now, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do because we're like the children of Israel many times. We find it very easy to murmur and complain. <laughs> and we find it very easy to do that and not so easy to be thankful and not so easy to be, to be grateful. But today we count our blessings and we name them more than one by one. And we thank the Lord for, for what he's done. Pastor Bill this morning in his prayer out in the prayer room before we come in, we do have a prayer room. And it's open to all the congregation, and we encourage you all to take some time before the service starts to come into the, the prayer room. In the prayer room, there is a, uh, a time of prayer and intercession. And, and Pastor Bill uh, prayed a prayer this morning about the ten lepers. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but he said, Lord, help us to be like not the nine who didn't come back, but help us to be like the one who, who came back. And I, I took a little note this morning of some reasons why those nine lepers never returned. And we might be able to find it on the screen there, Martha, if you can follow along. Nine reasons why the lepers never returned. Number one, one waited to see if the cure was for real. No. <laughs> one of them waited to see if it would last. One of them said he would see Jesus later on. One of them said that I never had leprosy in the first place, so why do I have to come back and, and say thank you, right? One of them said, well, I think I would have gotten well on my own. I really didn't need Jesus. <laughs> this is fictional, but you can imagine how the excuses that they made for not being thankful. One of them, the commentator says there, gave glory to the priests. One of them said, oh, well, Jesus really didn't do that. 
I was eating well, <laughs> and I cured myself of leprosy, right? One says, any rabbi could have done that. Another one said, I was already much improved, so I was on my way to being healed. There's no trouble to find an excuse for, uh, for not saying thank you. No trouble. And we can be like the nine lepers, or we can be like the one who came back and said thank you. And I encourage us this morning to be like the one who came back and said thank you. Let's have an attitude of, of gratitude. Living life as the Lord would have us to lead it in this area, as I said, is not easy. But there are some very simple things. You can turn it off, Mark, if you want. Yes, turn it off, please. Uh, some simple things that we can have incorporated into our lives that will help us. Number one, we did it already here this morning, and some of you did it. Some of you had a hard time doing it. And I understand sometimes you have a hard time doing this. I do too, but not very, not very often. Most of the time, I'm, I'm, very, uh, I'm very involved in this. We can sing praises to the Lord. <laughs> we can sing praises to the Lord, right? And I looked across the congregation this morning. Some of you wouldn't get your mouth open if you had a pry bar thrown you this morning. You were working hard, right? But I believe with all my heart, I really do. I think it's one thing that we can have at work in our lives on an everyday basis. We can praise God. We can praise God. And we are human beings, and we are created to praise God. We are fashioned to praise the Lord. And it is no, it is no happenstance, it's no chance thing that the Scriptures, most of it in the Psalms, the Scriptures command us 258 times. There are 258 direct commands in the Word of God. As I said, most of them are in Psalms. There are 258 direct commands for us to praise God. So we are created to praise Him. We're not created to remain silent. <laughs> and in fact, the Scripture says that if we remain silent, there's going to come a time when the rocks are going to cry out. <laughs> right? We're created to praise the Lord. And when we do praise God, something transpires. Something happens. Something happens within us that that connection is created. Praise God. And I, I have felt this way many times in, in my life. And I have said, Lord, I don't know if I got much to sing about today. <laughs> Anybody along with me feel that way from time to time? But when I begin to open my mouth and I begin to praise God and I begin to sing, uh, it, it sounds good to me. It mightn't sound good to anybody else, but it sounds good to me. There's, when there rises up from within me a genuine thankfulness and a genuine art of worship and the tone that I express it with. You see, tone makes, makes a difference, you know. We can sing, I need thee every hour. <laughs> or we can sing, I tone, that art, that attitude, it just creates that connection and it creates that atmosphere of praise and worship. And I believe God honors that. I really do. I believe God honors that. And so it's important for us to sing to the Lord. The psalmist says in Psalm 147 and 7, sing out your thanks to him. Sing praise to our God. One of the 258 times that we are commanded in the word of God to praise the Lord. Um, enthusiastic praise indicates that the praise is really not coming from the audience. Unenthusiastic praise indicates that it's just a mechanism. It's just something that we're doing because we've always done it, or somebody else next to us is doing it, or we're encouraged by the worship leader, or we're encouraged in whatever environment we're in. Friends, we are to enthusiastically praise God. We are to enthusiastically praise God because great things He has done. Praise Him. We are to come into His courts with thanksgiving. <laughs> Amen. Into his courts with praise. I read a, uh, an illustration some time ago, and it's a little humorous, uh, but it indicates 
it indicates a, a point this morning that the Lord is to be praised, and the Lord is to be honored, and not the things that sometimes we give honor to, and sometimes that we're enthusiastic about. We can get enthusiastic about a lot of stuff that don't deserve our enthusiasm. And the Lord deserves our enthusiasm. Neil Marden is a member of the British Parliament. He's been a member of the British Parliament for 27 years now. He was giving a group tour of his constituents, a guided tour of the House of Parliament in the, in the British Isles. And during the course of his visit, the group happened to encounter Lord Elsham. Now, Lord Elsham is the Lord Chancellor of the British Parliament. And he's also the President of the, uh, of the uh, United Kingdom uh, Exchequer. So this guy was a very influential guy. And as the Lord Chancellor, he was wearing all of his regalia of his office. And there was a big hat that he wears and a big uh, a plush gown. Some of you uh, have seen some of these gowns on, on programs. And you see some of these guys and you wonder, man, how are they dressed? And it's all about regalia. And it's all about, all about the office, right? Elsham recognized uh, Neil Martin among the group. And Neil happened to be his friend. So in dressed up in all of his regalia with his big hat on and, and all of his plush gowns and his flowing gowns, the tour group was there. He yelled out to the tour group, to Martin in the tour group, he says, Neil, <laughs> Neil. <laughs> he didn't say, I, Neil. Everybody in the tour group was so in awe of his gown, they fell down on their knees as they did before. There was 40 of them. <laughs> and only Neil Martin, the member of parliament, remained standing. Uh, that was a great, I thought it was a good illustration. I really did. You know, sometimes we kneel before things that really don't deserve our worship. Sometimes we're enthusiastic about things that really don't deserve our enthusiasm. And the things that deserve our enthusiasm, we have to be prodded and poked in to get enthusiastic about them. You know, friends, if we really get to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we really know him, we have so much to be thankful for, and we won't have to be encouraged to worship him. Oh, come on. We find the word of praise and the word of honor for him because he deserves it. Praise the Lord. And this incorporated into our everyday lives assists us with creating an attitude of gratitude. Worship the Lord. Former NFL coach Tony Dungy is a very committed believer, and he writes this in, in his book, I Did It My Way. He wrote a book, I Did It My Way. He, he sang the song. Thanks for not, Tony. I won't sing it for you, but <laughs> he wrote a book with the same title. <laughs> he says this. Have you ever raised your hand at a sports game? This guy is a committed believer. I follow him on Twitter. He's, he's, a, great, he's a great guy, Tony Dungy. Have you ever raised your hands at a sports game? He says, so you're telling me it's okay for me to get excited at a football game, he says, but it's not okay for me to get excited when I'm worshiping the Lord. <laughs> As I raise my hands at a football game, I'm a fan. Some of you say I raise my hands in church. I'm a fanatic. He said, but what's really worth getting excited about? What's really worth getting excited about? That comes from a former NFL, NFL coach. We should all be challenged in this area. We should all be challenged in this area. And some of us need to be challenged to move beyond our self-consciousness in this area. And I speak about worship this morning. I speak about God deserving our worship. I speak about developing an attitude of gratitude and building things into our lives that would help us to see our place and God to see his place. Amen? Some of us are so self-conscious, we can't raise our hands in church. Some of us are so self-conscious, we're afraid to sing. Well, what if someone hears me off key? Who cares? <laughs> Praise the Lord. We can get excited about so many things that don't deserve our excitement. That we're so self-conscious in the house of God, we're afraid of being labeled a fanatic. 
Now, some of us are fans in a lot of different areas. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not preaching against that, and don't well, I don't preach against that. But we need to be a fanatic for Jesus. We need to be a fan of Jesus, too, folks. And he deserves all of our praise. Nobody, nobody is really watching me. Some people say to me, Pastor, I can't worship. I can't sing. I can't, can't enter into an attitude of, of praise. If somebody's watching me. Well, boy, you need to get over yourself. <laughs> I think you may have something else to look at because you're watching. And if that's all they get to look at, good. Give them something to look at. That's my attitude. <laughs> give them something to look at. Get over ourselves. We're coming to together in his name to worship him, to worship him. And you will find, I guarantee you, you will find, you will find that there will develop in you different, different approach to praising him when you pray for the audience of one and when you worship for the audience of one. Build it into your lives. I really want to encourage you in that this morning. We need a lot of work in this area. We need a lot of work in this area. Our church needs a lot of work in this area. And we can cover things over and we can say everything is fine. We're not fine in the area of praise. And as your pastor, I identify it this morning. We're not fine. We're not fine. Some of you are really stuck in that area. And you're so self-conscious. And you're missing out. You're missing out on that connection with God through worship. We're created to worship. And we're created to worship in Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We're also created for a life of prayer. A life of prayer. And if you build this into your praying, uh, thankful prayers, if you build this into your life, it'll help you to have an attitude of gratitude. Give thanks to the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 105, and you're close to it if you still got your Bibles open, you can turn over. In verse 1 of New Century Version says, Give thanks to the Lord and pray to Him. Give thanks to the Lord and pray to Him. So we're to have a prayer built into our, a thanksgiving built into our prayers. Many times our prayers just move from the, hello, Lord, and here's my grocery list. <laughs> hello, Lord, this is what I need. And this morning, let's be reminded that to develop this attitude of gratitude, it's good for us to take time to thank God for what he has given us. And this morning, the first thing that I, that I done is I began, when I began to pray and began to seek the Lord early, early this morning on Thanksgiving weekend, and we need to do it not just on Thanksgiving weekend, I began to count my blessings because the end rather soon. And I begin to name them one by one. I thank the Lord for my family. I thank the Lord for health. I thank the Lord for my church. I thank the Lord for my community. I thank the Lord for the blessings that he's given me. I thank the Lord for a truck to drive. I thank the Lord for a friend to visit tomorrow, Lord Tide. I thank the Lord for parents visiting my parents yesterday. Both of them are still alive. That's amazing. Dad is 89 and out helping me cut the grass for him down from yesterday. I thought it was great. I said, thank you, Lord, for this. It's marvelous. It's marvelous. We can go on and on and on with giving thanks to the Lord. And our prayers should begin with thanksgiving. Our prayers should begin with adoration and thanksgiving. Uh, John Bunyan, some of you know John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress. John Bunyan said, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. <laughs> he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Let's begin our day. With prayer. Let's begin our day with thanksgiving. Let's paint a picture in our own minds. Let's encourage ourselves in the Lord of all that God has done for us. And let's say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes we think our prayers have to be all full of verbiage. You know, they have to be all full of these wonderful large words. I thank thee, Lord. Listen, let me tell you something. God is not concerned about that. God is not concerned about that. I, I do, so many people are stuck in this area in your Christian growth, and you say, I can't pray like Pastor Bill prayed, so I'm not going to pray. 
I've heard people say that. Not necessarily that you pastor will, but all this. I can't pray like you name the name, you know. I can't pray like this person. God is not concerned about us us having a certain formula in prayer. God is concerned about us coming with an open heart. About us coming with an art of thanksgiving and an art of prayer. I believe God would say, just talk to me. Just talk to me. Just communicate to me. We don't have to use fancy words. Sometimes, you know, you don't even have to close your eyes. You might be in a trance. Oh, I should be stoned there this morning. You don't have to close your eyes? I, 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 there was a time I thought you had to close your eyes at times. Oh, Lord. Until I started playing hockey in Peterborough. And then, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going there. But I played the, on a team uh, with this guy, and he was from Sweden. And uh, he used to pick me up for games. And uh, he used to say, now, Lindsay, we're going to have a prayer. But he would always have his prayer on the way to the game. And so he would be praying the whole way, driving down to the, to the arena. Of course, I would be there with my eyes shut. And I said, Lord, how, how is he praying with his eyes shut and driving down the road? I can't figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can pray with your eyes shut. <laughs> God is not, God is not so picky with prayer. Some of the best times, some of the best times I have in prayer is is walking with my wife sitting at home. And this time of the year, if you haven't done it, if you haven't done this, we used to walk our walk in prayer. <laughs> in the fall of the year, eh? Oh man, you were on it yesterday, I think. You were. We used to walk our walk in prayer. And man, oh man, we used to work on Thursday every night and have a prayer walk. Keep your eyes open when you pick over a stump. You know, <laughs> be in trouble. I could be sued, right? <laughs> but develop an attitude of thanksgiving and an attitude of gratitude, and begin to thank, thank the Lord for all He's done for us, and begin to praise God for all He's all He's done for us. Amen. So we have praise. If we develop every day an attitude of praise and an attitude of prayer, also, also to to uh, continue to be in the mindset of thanksgiving. There's nothing wrong with sharing the good news, is there? Share the good news. We need to be sharing the good news. As born-again believers, if you're here this morning, you are called, you are commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The people that are commissioned to preach and to share are not just the pastors, all of us. Every one of us are commissioned to be witnesses. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4, Thank the Lord, Thanksgiving, theme again, Thank the Lord and praise His name. <laughs> Talking about praise, right? And the last part of the verse says, tell the whole world about his wonderful love. Tell the whole world about his wonderful love. If you had the cure for cancer, and you had the, uh, you had the uh, cure, and you knew what the cure was, or the cure for AIDS, or the cure for some other uh, terrible disease that ravages our land, and you kept it to yourself and you didn't tell anybody, you would be regarded as a very stingy, self-centered person. You would. You would. And I would I would back it up and I would tell you, I'm not lying. And most of us here this morning would say amen. But yet as born again believers, hey this morning, we have we have the answer for the ages. We have the answer for the ages. And it's not I, I admit it's not as easy as what it once was in our very friendly world today to share Jesus. Our world is lost. But in the midst of this anarchy, in the midst of this last day wrath of the Antichrist, we need to share a word of encouragement. We need to share a word of hope. Amen. We need to share a word of hope. And it helps us to overcome. It helps us to overcome that sense of, of, of un, being ungrateful. 
when we share the good news of what Jesus can do for the sin-sick world that we live in. Amen? If you know that good news and you don't share it, then you are indeed holding back a wonderful, wonderful gift from God. Chuck Colson used to be a aide to Richard Nixon. Some of you know Chuck Colson, Watergate, and going back a few years now, and he ended up in prison. Uh, and he ended up starting a prison ministry, tremendous ministry. Chuck Colson had a wonderful, he wrote a, a number of great books. I love to read Chuck Colson's writing. Chuck Colson said, when I, was in, when I was in prison, he said, I was in the cell next to a guy who was in, in there, he said, for another white-collar crime. He said, and this guy, he said, we be, he became my friend. And he said, he, he, was, he was about six months trying to get something out and trying to say something. He would almost get it out, and then he would back away. He would almost get it out, and then he would stop. He said, and eventually, he said, eventually, he said, he sat me down to a table in the prison, he said, in the cafeteria. And with his head down, he said, and his eyes ass cold, he said, he began to say to me, Chuck, I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. And almost in a shy way, I want to tell you about him today. I've, I've, I've learned, he said, since that. He said, I, I went on to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. I learned since that, he said, you never had anything to hold a table to. You never had anything to hold a table. He said, it held a table up. Because <laughs> he was telling me the best news that I'd ever heard. That someone loved me. And that I was worth something. Amen. We need to share the good news. We need to share the good news of what Jesus has done for us. Thanksgiving, worship, praise, sharing. I, I, I came across another good illustration uh, some time back ab about the value of a soul, and it's about graffiti. Some of you know what graffiti is, but graffiti from the 1800s. <laughs> and we didn't think they had graffiti in the 1800s. Well, about five years ago, they did a, did a rental on the Washington Monument. You know, the, the obelisk in, in Washington, you see it sometimes on the news. Uh, when the news comes on, you see this big Washington monument. It, it, had, uh, it had been uh, in disrepair, and they did a $2 million renovation on it. It was built in the early 1800s. And after they, they did away with some of, the, uh, some of the, uh, uh, the plaster on the walls inside the monument, and they were going to do it over, they found a piece of graffiti that was inscribed by one of the workers who built it in the early 1800s. And this was what the graffiti said. Whoever in the human, whoever is the human instrument under God in the conversion of one soul, whoever is the human instrument under God in the conversion of one soul erects a monument to his memory more lofty and enduring than this monument. <laughs> Isn't that something? Whoever is the instrument under God in the conversion of one soul erects a monument to his own memory more lofty and enduring than this one. Talk about sharing Christ and the importance of sharing Christ. Praise God. Last Sunday morning we had a day of dedication. And, uh, and uh, Pastor Branch Gidry did a day of dedication. His wife Rena was uh, sitting next to him. We had lunch together after and uh, spoke to Rena and they were members of my church when I was growing up. I, she was my youth leader. And I, I tell this story often. I said, Rena, you remember those days? He said, yes. He said, I didn't know. I'm not, I wasn't all that nice a young fellow in those days. And he said, I'm hard to believe, but I wasn't. And a lot of people in the community had me wrote off. A lot of people in the community said, well, he's heading for he's heading down the road, and he's no good to me regardless. And I had it said to me by more than one person that you never gave up. I said, Rena, you remember you never gave up on me? Yes, she said, I remember. I remember praying for you many times. I remember speaking out and encouraging you. 
and nobody wanted to be around Jesus anymore. I mean, whoever, whoever was in company, whoever was an instrument in the salvation of one soul, whoever was a word to that life was good. But as a lasting monument, as a powerful, more influential than this monument is the, the body of Christ. It's the most important thing you can invest in. It's the most important thing you can invest in. Witnessing, sharing Christ, uh, and giving, and uh, doing all that we need to do to make sure the gospel gets out there. Because our world is in desperate need of Jesus. Is in desperate need of Jesus. And many don't even know it. And there might be someone there this morning in desperate need of Jesus. And I tell you today, I tell you, you are loved by Almighty God. And He has a plan for your life. And you are not mistaken. You're not arrived at that. God has a plan for your life. He loves you. And don't, don't reject Him. Accept Him. Embrace Him. Amen? So thanksgiving is all about worship, praise, praise, and prayer, praise the Lord, and sharing the gospel. And also, it's about investing. If we make investing a regular part of our, of our lives, it develops an attitude of gratitude within. It helps us. Give an offering. Psalm 50 and verse 14 says, Give an offering to show your thanks to God. Again, I'm reading from the New Century Version. You may have a different version this morning. But give an offering to show your thanks to God. Give Him what you promised to give Him. <laughs> give Him what you promised to give Him. Give an offering to show your thanks to God. A mother wanted to teach her little girl about a, a, a lesson of giving, a moral lesson, right? She gave the little girl a quarter and a dollar to go to church. She said, this is dangerous stuff, put whichever one you want in the collection plate, honey, and keep the other one for yourself. <laughs> when they were coming out of church, the mother asked the daughter, which amount, darling, did you give? Well, said the little girl, I was going to give the dollar. That was my plan. But just before the collection, the pastor got up and said, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> and she said, you know what, pastor? I'll be a lot more cheerful if I gave the quarter and kept the dollar. We all felt that way. Come on now. Don't be looking at somebody else. Look in the mirror. <laughs> Every now and then we all feel we feel that way, right? But friends, it, it helps us. And I, I feel strongly about this. I really do because I've proven this in my life. I've proven that I can't outgive God. Some of you have proven that too. I've proven that I can't outgive God. And the more I give, it seems that the more generous God is. I don't know how that all works, all, all fits out, but... I do know that when I sow sparingly, I reap sparingly. And I do know that those who are serious about what God has done for them and are really genuinely thankful for the blessings that God has brought into their lives, they want to invest in the kingdom of God. They want to invest because they want to create an atmosphere for someone somewhere, whether it's in Springdale or Senegal or, or in Philippines somewhere, they want to create an atmosphere where someone can hear the good news that they have heard. And be impacted like they have been impacted. And somewhere along the way to be able to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Those who have been really touched and really impacted are givers. They're givers. And they're investors. But fortunately, it's so easy to fall into the trap of, I'll give the quarter and keep the dollar. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But let's reverse it. Let's have that reverse mentality. Lord, let's give the dollar. <laughs> I'll take the quarter and live on to it. I guarantee you, I don't know how the Lord does it, but he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He'll turn that quarter into a hundred. <laughs> he'll do it some way or another. He'll do it. So I thank God for that. 
I thank God for his blessings in those areas. My level of giving, my level of investing shows my level of gratitude. I can say, I love you, Lord, but if I never give him anything, if I never give him my time, if I never give him my talents, if I never give him my finances, I'm really not living up to those commitments. And the scripture says an all lot about offering and about giving. Right on back to the book of Exodus, chapter 35, the nation was told, don't withhold from giving to the temple to help himself. You go right on down to the word of God, not just the old. Some people say, well, that's just in the old, Pastor. Tithing is just in the old. Tithing is not just in the old testament. Giving and offering is not just in the old testament. That's in the new testament. And it helps us develop an attitude of gratitude when we give to God. Someone please say amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 says, One person gives generously. This is a great scripture. 11, verse 24, Proverbs. One person gives generously and gets even more. Another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. <laughs> one person gives generously and gets even more. Another one withholds unduly and comes to poverty. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. So simple, simple biblical truths that I've shared with you this morning. But if you can, and if we can somehow or another incorporate these into our lives, worship, heartfelt worship, real worship, prayer with thanksgiving, sharing the good news, giving. If we can incorporate these things into our lives, it will develop within us an attitude of gratitude. Brother, come on up, Brother Monroe. Look what a beautiful girl she is. Well, I'm so thankful you're in church this morning, my darling. Come up with Pastor Foster for a minute. I want, she's been wanting to come up here all morning, she's been, and she's burning on her mind to get up here with me. I know she is, isn't it? Hello. How are you doing? not going to say hi, right? Just a little while ago, mom wasn't well. Mom was in the hospital, and we prayed for your mom. We prayed for your mom, and your mom had a new baby, and we're so glad you had a new baby, and we were so grateful for that, and I'm glad that you're in church. You want to say? I love girls, you know. Yes, I do. <laughs> Come back at night. Bye-bye, she said. Bye-bye. Yes, I see. <laughs> An attitude of gratitude. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can the musicians come back? privilege we have to come into the house of God and worship. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me new. Lisa, where's Lisa to? There you go. Good morning, Lisa. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm so thankful you're here this morning. Last Sunday night, Lisa and Brian and her boyfriend at the time were in church here. After the church was over, church service was over, Lisa and Brian came to me and, and expressed their desire to be married. And they had been living together for some years, and they, they decided that this, they wanted to get married. And Lisa expressed to me her feelings around that and her desire. And so on Thursday, we were able to marry them. And, and join them in holy matrimony. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And
and it never happened to me before in ministry. I've been in ministry almost 25 years now, but this is the first time it happened to me. I married them right here, right in front here, Ethan, and now her husband, Brian. After the ceremony was over, Brian and Lisa turned to me and said, Now, Pastor, uh, we want each of us to give our heart to Christ. We want to give our heart to Christ. And <laughs> I'll tell you. I said, you, I, what made, I just went right on to the end. <laughs> I was so excited to please to be able to lead them in a prayer of repentance. And for that this morning, I'm very thankful. And we rejoice for that. God is so good. Amen. Oh, we got a lot to be thankful. The Lord is moving. The Lord is moving in people's lives. God is moving in this community. Last Sunday evening was a powerful, if you missed last Sunday evening, you missed a powerful, powerful evening and a powerful testimony. There were things that transpired in this church last Sunday evening. The enemy got a good kick, I guarantee you right now. And God received the glory. God received the honor. Amen. And lives were touched. And seeds were sown. And things happened, praise the Lord. And I believe that God is moving in your lives here this morning. I believe in your life, that God is moving in your life here this morning. And some of us are struggling this morning. We're stu we're struggling in areas. Lord, what have I got to be thankful for? We need to look past ourselves. And we need to focus on him. The author and the perfecter of our faith. For he is good. And his mercies endure forever. Amen. Can you stand together? Praise God. Now, Lisa, I want you to come up this morning. We do this all the time. Brian is not here. He's gone back to work. But as Lisa comes now, I want a few people to come with her. Okay, I want some folks to come and gather around her. We do this very often when new Christians come to Christ. Some folks, come on it, board members, elders, someone come this morning and gather around her. I want to be asked four or five times. Amen. Now, the new Christians, we want to be able to pray with her this morning. Amen. She needs strength today. She needs strength. I want to pray with you this morning, Lisa. Now, as I... As we led the communion, Pastor Bill led the communion, we had prayer, and, and I felt in my, in my spirit there was someone who wanted to respond to the altar for prayer during the communion time this morning. If you're here like that and you wanted to respond for prayer, right now is a good time. Would you come? Is there someone here that would like to respond for special prayer here this morning? I really felt in my spirit there was someone who wanted to respond. Amen. That's good. If you do, I want you to come right over right here. Stand right we, we identify you. You have it. Bless you, brother, sister. Amen. You come up here this morning. Yeah, Krista needs us to pray for her. Krista has to go and get some medical tests done, and she needs a healing in her, in her body. So I want some folks to gather around. Brother Terry, half a dozen guys. Come on, gather around, Brother Terry, and some ladies to come and gather around Krista. Pastor Bill, I want you to, I want you to anoint with oil. I want you to anoint Krista with oil and pray a prayer of healing over her body. That she'll get a good report. Would you do that? And some men, Max, I want you to step in out in front of Terry here, and I want you to lay hands on him. I want you to lead prayer. I want you to pray a blessing over his life. Would you do that? You're, you're, you're in charge of praying for Terry. Would you do that? And I want to pray for Lisa over here. If there's anybody else, if there's anybody else there, we want to give an opportunity for prayer this morning. Amen. And I want to sing this chorus through once before we do that today. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Amen.